Our Old Testament passage today picks up in Judges chapter 20, beginning with verse 1. Then all the people of Israel came up from Dan to Beersheba, including the land of Gilead, and the congregation assembled as one man to the Lord at Mitzpah. And the chiefs of all the people of all the tribes of Israel presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, 400,000 men on foot that drew the sword. Now the people of Benjamin heard that the people of Israel had gone up at Mitzvah. And the people of Israel said, Tell us, how did this evil happen? And the Levite, the husband of the woman who was murdered, answered, I came to Gibeah that belongs to Benjamin, I and my concubine to spend the night. And the leaders of Gibeah rose up against me and surrounded the house by night against me by night. They meant to kill me, and they violated my concubine, and she is dead. In other words, they raped her. All right, this is this is rape. So I took hold of my concubine and cut her in pieces, and sent her throughout all the land of the inheritance of Israel, for they have committed abomination and outrage in Israel. Behold, you people of Israel, all of you, give your advice and your counsel here. And all the people arose as one man, saying, None of us will go to our tent, and none of us will return to his house. But now this is what we will do to Gibeah. We will go up against it by lot, and we will take ten men of a hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel, and a hundred of a thousand, and a thousand of ten thousand, to bring provisions for the people, that when they come up, they may repay Gibeah of Benjamin for all the outrage they have committed in Israel. So all the men of Israel gathered against the city, united as one man. And the tribes sent men throughout all the tribes of Benjamin, saying, What evil is this that has taken place among you? Now therefore give up the men, the worthless fellows in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and purge evil from Israel. But the Benjamites would not listen to the voice of their brothers, the people of Israel. Now, you know, when when people don't listen, suffering begins. Okay, let me just say that again. When people won't listen, that's when all the hard stuff begins. Then the people of Benjamin came out together against the cities of Gibeah to go out to battle against the people of Israel. And the people of Benjamin mustered out of their cities 26,000 men who drew the sword besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who mustered 700 chosen men. Among all these were 700 chosen men who were left-handed, and everyone could sling a stone at a hare and not miss. Now notice, these are the Benjaminites. They were known for their slingshots, like King David. The people of Israel arose and went up to Bethel and inquired of the Lord, Who shall go up first for us to fight against the people of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. Now, Judah, praise, should always go first. Then the people of Israel arose in the morning and camped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to fight against Benjamin. And the men of Israel drew up in a battle line against them at Gibeah. And the people of Benjamin came out of Gibeah and destroyed on that day 22,000 men of the Israelites. But the people, the men of Israel, took courage and again formed the battle line in the same place where it had been formed on the first day. And the people of Israel went out and wept before the Lord until evening, and they inquired of the Lord, Shall we again draw near to fight against our brothers, the people of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Go up against them. So the people of Israel came near against the people of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went out against Gibeah the second day, and destroyed 18,000 men of the people of Israel 
All these were men who drew the sword. Then all the people of Israel went up to, and came to Bethel and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Now, brothers and sisters, <laughs> when you fail doing God's will, <laughs> now, nobody likes to think about this, but you know what? They were doing, I mean, they went up and asked God, should they go? And God said, yes. And now twice they have failed. You see, sometimes you can fail doing God's will. Now, again, nobody likes to hear that. But these men failed doing God's will. So what did they do? They went and sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening. You know what? Sometimes you just need to go and sit before the Lord. Okay? I just, I just like that. They sat there before the Lord. Sometimes you just go sit down and I'm just going to sit here in the presence. And the people of Israel inquired of the Lord, for the Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. And Benias, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, ministered before it in those days, saying, Shall we go out once more to battle against our brothers, the people of Benjamin, or shall we cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will give them into your hand. So the Lord set men in ambush around Gibeah. And the people of Israel went up against the people of Benjamin on the third day and set themselves in array against Gibeah as at other times. And the men and the people of Benjamin went out against the people who were drawn up, drawn away from the city. And as at other times, they began to strike and kill some of the people in the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah. And in the open country, about 30 men of Israel. And the people of Benjamin said, they are routed before us as at first. But the people of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. And all the men of Israel rose out of their place and set themselves in array at Baal Tamar. And the men of Israel who were in ambush rushed out of their place from Marar Giba. And there came against Gibeah ten thousand chosen men out of all Israel. And the battle was hard. But the Benjaminites did not know that disaster was close upon them. And the Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel, and the people of Israel destroyed 25,100 men of Benjamin that day. Now remember, they only started out with 27,000. Let's find the number here. They'd killed 22,000. They'd killed 40,000. 26,000 men who drew the sword, and 700 from Gibeah. So they started out with 26,700 men, and now they're down to 25,100 men. So they have 1,600 men alive. All these were men who drew the sword. So the people of Benjamin saw that they had been defeated, the men of Israel gave ground to Benjamin because they trusted the men in ambush whom they had set against Gibeah. Now, you've got to trust people that you go to war with, okay? Trust is necessary to join in battle with. You, 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 don't, you don't join a fight with people that you can't trust, okay? Then the men in ambush hurried and rushed against Gibeah. And the men in ambush moved out and struck all the city with the edge of the sword. 
Now the appointed signal between the men of Israel and the men in main ambush was that they made a great cloud of smoke arise out of the city, and then the men of Israel should turn in battle. Now Benjamin had begun to strike and kill about 30 men of Israel. They said, surely they are defeated before us as in the first battle. But when the signal began to rise out of the city in a column of smoke, the Benjaminites looked behind them and behold, the whole of the city went up in smoke to heaven. Then the men of Israel turned and the men of Benjamin were dismayed for they saw that disaster was close upon them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel in the direction of the wilderness, but the battle overtook them. And those who came out of the cities were destroying them in their midst. Surrounding the Benjaminites, they pursued them and trod them down from Noha as far opposite Gibeah on the east. 18,000 men of Benjamin fell, all of them men of valor. And they returned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Ramon. 5,000 men were cut down in the highways, and they pursued hard to Gidon. 2,000 men were struck down. So all who fell on that day were 25,000 men who drew the sword, all of them men of valor. But 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Ramon and remained at the rock of Ramon four months. And the men of Israel turned back against the people of Benjamin and struck them with the edge of the sword. The city, the men, the beasts, and all that they found and all the towns they found were set on fire. This is a this is a hard day. One tribe is almost completely destroyed. Judges chapter 21. Now the men of Israel had sworn at mitzvah, not one of us shall give his daughter in marriage to Benjamin. And all the people came to Bethel and sat there till evening before God, and they lifted up their voices and wept bitterly. And they said, O Lord God of Israel, why has this happened in Israel today that one of our tribe, there should be one tribe lacking in Israel? The next day, the people rose early and built there an altar and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the people of Israel said, Which of all the tribes did not come up in the assembly to the Lord? For they had taken a great oath concerning him who did not come up to the Lord at Mitzvah, saying, He shall surely be put to death. And the people of Israel had compassion on Benjamin, their brother, and said, One tribe is cut off from Israel to this day, from this, this day. What shall we do for wives for those who are left? Since we are sworn by the Lord, we will not give any of them our daughters for wives. And they said, What one is there of the tribes of Israel who did not come up to the Lord at Mitzvah? And behold, no one had come from the camp of Jabesh Gilead to the assembly. For when the people were mustered, behold, not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead was there. So the congregation sent 12,000 of their bravest men there and commanded them. Go and strike the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead with the edge of the sword, also the women and the little ones. This is what we will do. Every male and every woman that has lain with a male you shall devote to destruction. And they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead 400 young virgins who had not yet known a man by lying with him. And they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Now this is, this is Shiloh. This is where they used to keep the Ark of the Covenant. Then the whole congregation sent word to the people of Benjamin who were at the rock of Rimon and proclaimed peace to them. Now that's interesting. Peace to the conquered. See, there comes a time, folks, when you need to stop fighting. There comes a time when you've made your point and you just stop. You don't want to wipe people out. And Benjamin returned at that time. 
And they gave them the women whom they had saved alive from of the women of Jebesh Gilead. And there were not enough for them. And the people had compassion on Benjamin, because the Lord had made a breach in the tribes of Israel. Then the elders of the congregation said, What shall we do for the wives of those who are left, since the women are destroyed out of Benjamin? And they said, There must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin, that a tribe not be blotted out of Israel. Yet we cannot give them wives from our daughters, for the people of Israel had sworn, Cursed be the one who gives a wife to Benjamin. So they said, Behold, there is a yearly feast of the Lord at Shiloh, which is north of Bethel, on the east of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem, and the south of Libona. And they commanded the people of Benjamin, saying, Go and lie in wait in the vineyards, and watch. If the daughters of Shiloh come out to dance in the dances, then come out of the vineyard and snatch each man his wife from the daughters of Shiloh, and go to the land of Benjamin. And when their fathers or their brothers come to complain to us, we will say to them, Grant them graciously to us, because we did not take for each man of them his wife in battle. Neither did you give them to them, else you would now be guilty. And the people of Benjamin did so, and took their wives according to their number from the dancers whom they carried off. Then they went and returned to their inheritance, and rebuilt their towns, and lived in them. And the people of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family. And they went out from there, every man to his inheritance. In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Now, there's several things I want you to see here. One of the big takeaways is there comes a point when you've won. And now you have to think about the person defeated. <laughs> Say, well, I won. It's that, that, that's their problem. Now, sometimes you have to think about the people that you've defeated. And you have to think about their future. This is what they did. You know, I saw this passage, I began to understand why nations help rebuild nations they've, they've defeated in war. Becomes the, because there comes a point when you've got to stop the fighting and you've got to get on with life. So sometimes, folks, when you've won your battle, help rebuild the lives of the people that you have defeated. That's what God does. The other big takeaway I want you to see here, when there's no strong leader, Everybody does what's right in their own eyes. Forget what the Word of God says. This is when opinions are greater than law. And you know what? You kind of see that in the world today. When you see an absence of strong leadership in a nation today, it's everybody's, well, this is my truth. You know, this is their opinion. This is my truth. Well, you know, your truth is not necessarily truth, okay? It's your opinion. You just call it your truth. When there's no strong leadership, people live by what they think rather than what God says. Interesting thought. Let's open up our hearts now and spend some time in worship.
Our New Testament passage today picks up in John chapter 5, beginning with verse 30. Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own. Now, that's one of the great statements you need to understand about Jesus. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just. Because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Wow. So Jesus said, you know what? When I make a judgment about right and wrong, I'm right. Because I'm not seeking my will. I'm seeking the will of the Father. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. But there is another who bears witness of me, Jesus says. And I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he bore witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He said, I'm not trying to draw, I'm not trying to draw attention to myself, Jesus says. But I want you to be saved. I want you to believe in me as the Messiah. He said, this is important. He said, this testimony of who I am that John gave you is so that you could believe. And you need to believe in me as Messiah to be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp. And you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. (laughs) Now notice. You'll always find that religion will rejoice in light for a while, but it doesn't like to stay there. But the testimony that I have is greater than that is John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. All right, so the proof is in the fruit. He said, you know, the things God gave me to accomplish, I'm doing it. And he said, these bear witness that the Father has sent me. Now, one of the things you learn to look for in life is, Jesus said, you know, don't don't look at the trunk of the tree. Look at the fruit. What are people accomplishing with their lives? And when you look around and you realize they're not accomplishing anything, there's there's no works that they're accomplishing, you realize maybe the Father didn't send them. And the Father who has sent me himself bore witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen. All right, so Jesus is saying, you've never seen the Father. All those theophanies of the Old Testament, all those Old Testament theophanies, It's a big fancy theological word that means physical manifestations of God. All those Old Testament theophanies were the pre-incarnate Jesus. He said, his voice you have never seen. His form you have never seen. But the angel of the Lord they saw. Captain of the Lord's host they saw. Yeah. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. All right. The word abides in you when you believe. If you're not believing, his word's not abiding in you. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. Now remember, eternal life, John 17, is experiential knowledge of the Father and experiential knowledge of the Son. He said, you search the scriptures because you think you're going to find experiences in that. He said, you don't. But they do bear witness about me. 
yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. He said, I don't receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. Wow. That's quite a statement for Jesus to make. He said, I know you do not have the love of God within you. That's pretty strong talk. I have come in my Father's name, and you did not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. Yeah, the Antichrist comes in his own name, and they receive him. How can you believe? Now notice this theme of believe that, that goes all through this passage, all right? This theme of believe. He said, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the Father? When you're seeking the accolades of people, ugh, you can't have faith. Seeking glory from people negates faith. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. Amazing. Set your hope on Moses. They need to set their hope on Messiah. To this day, to this day in Israel, they, they put all of their hope in Moses. He said, if you had believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? You know, even to this day in Israel, the Orthodox Jews almost venerate Moses. I mean, they believe Moses, but Jesus said, no, if, if you really believed Moses, then you'd believe in me because he wrote with me. Wow. I don't dare get to preaching on some of that. Let's look for a little bit of wisdom from Proverbs today as we close out. Proverbs 22, beginning with verse 17. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it will be pleasant if you keep them within you. It will be pleasant if you keep them within you. What is it? The words of the wise and knowledge. Okay? If you keep them within you. If all of them are ready on your lips. All right, so number one, you keep them within you. And number two, they're ready on your lips. You're, you're constantly ready to speak them. That your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today, even you. Have I not written you 30 sayings? Now we're about to list these 30 sayings. Of counsel and knowledge. To make you know what is right and true. Okay, now. You need, as you go through these 30 sayings, recognize this is how we are made to know. You want to know what's right, what's wrong. All right, here's 30 sayings that will help you know what's right and what's wrong. That you may give a true answer to those who sent you. Now, as we go through these 30 sayings, and we'll be doing that the rest of this week. As we go through these 30 sayings, this is how you know what's right and wrong. <laughs> These are, are uh, what I call the, the 30 statement test, all right? 
You want to know right and wrong. Here is a 30 statement test to know right and wrong. So let's we're going to we're going to have a a 30 statement test to prove right and wrong. Now, this is going to be some fun stuff we get into. All right, we're going to see you tonight for our little family talk on how to get your family out of debt. Now, again, please, as I told you earlier, make sure that you, if you did not listen to last Thursday night, go download it on YouTube, go listen to it on Facebook, get the Bible part of it, and then tonight we're just going to walk you through the practical part as if I sat down with you and your family and said, all right, let's talk about how to get out of debt. We'll see you tonight, 7 o'clock.